You are Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast on the Houston Rockets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to yet another happy post-game episode of Locked On Rockets. I'm your host, Ben DuBose of Sports Talk 790. Today's show is brought to you courtesy of BetDSI.com. Our sponsors at BetDSI have a great special. If you sign up today with the promo code ROCKETS10, you get $10 free to try their service. Well, guys, it really feels like every post-game episode is happy these days, but the only unhappy thing we've had are these awkward Donatus Unis talks the last few days, because really the Rockets absolutely rolling, crushed the Lakers tonight, led by as much as 42, I believe. They're now 15-7 and seven on the year. They're 9-2 and two since getting Pat Beverly back. And I'll start with the acknowledgement of Pat Beverly. Before we go into the exploits of James Harden and Eric Gordon, Pat Beverly, 10 points, 12 assists, 7 rebounds, plus 30. That was by far the best plus-minus on the Rockets tonight. Give him a ton of credit. Pat has really evolved as a playmaker. And the biggest thing, the reason I keep harping on that 9-2 and two since Pat Beverly returned it's not just that it stabilized the rotation, but having him in the game really helped those units without James Harden. So we're seeing late in the first and third quarters and early in the second and fourth, that unit with Pat Beverly and Eric Gordon, they are having a lot of success even when James Harden is not in the game. And that is so crucial because you have Pat Beverly as a playmaker to help set up the likes of Eric Gordon. Gordon, of course, had 26 points, a career high, eight threes. But it's not just James Harden doing all the heavy lifting. Since Pat Beverly is back, he has taken on a bit of the burden, not just defensively, which we all expect, but offensively with uh, stabilizing the offense in the absence of James Harden as well. And tonight, that was on full display. Now, besides Beverly and Gordon, let's start with James Harden. I know we take it for granted, but 25 points on 8 of 14 shooting, 4 of 7 from 3, 8 assists, 6 rebounds, just 4 turnovers. I know I say just 4, but that's down from 10 on Monday, I believe. Look, a lot of folks were worried is too strong of a term, but a little apprehensive about James Harden based on what happened on the road trip. You could see a little bit of fatigue. The shooting declined a little bit towards the end. And ever since he's gotten home, what, 37 points on 14 shots against the Celtics, just off the charts efficiency. Tonight, 25 on 14 shots, including four of seven from three. This is the MVP version of James Harden that we saw for most of November. I think what happened on that road trip, when you have that kind of intense travel schedule, it takes its toll on the star players most of all. And we know what the Rockets ask of James. So I do think there was a little bit of fatigue with his jumper. I also think when you play very good defensive teams, like the Jazz, like the Warriors, they're able to commit a little bit more to James. And so that took a little bit of a toll on his efficiency. But ever since the Rockets got back home, you can see Harden cooking again. This is the MVP version of James Harden that we saw throughout much of the first month of the year. And with Friday night's game in Oklahoma City, it's a spotlight game on every level. Thunder are not far behind the Rockets in the Western Conference standings. Rockets lost a close game that they should have won in Oklahoma City earlier this year. And Harden and Westbrook are probably the two top MVP candidates in the league. So it's going to be a very big game. And it's great to see Harden clicking heading into that game because you have to think now, if he was ever out of rhythm, he's certainly back at it now. 
Now, besides the individual standout tonight, and boy, there were a lot of individual standouts. Rockets shot close to 54% from the field, uh, almost 42% from three. Just a fantastic box score when you look at this. Uh, Harden, Beverly, Gordon, those are your standouts, as we talked about earlier. Big picture, I want to give credit to the Rockets as a team. This is the kind of game that would have been easy for them to overlook, and I think a year ago they probably would have. The Rockets, yes, they started off 14 and, uh, or not 14 and 6, 13 and 7. I'm getting ahead of myself through those first 20 games, 14 of which on the road, and it would have been so easy to read those types of press clippings and get a little bit fat and happy. And I don't want to say that the Celtics were an overlooked game because the Celtics are a very good team at home, uh, which the Rockets narrowly got the win against on Monday. But you're coming home for 6 of 7 after 14 or 20 on the road. You're reading all these positive press clippings. And against a team like the Lakers, who I know the Lakers beat them opening night, but the Lakers without D'Angelo Russell, without Nick Young, uh, they're a bit shorthanded. Certainly it's a team you could overlook. Same could be said for the Dallas Mavericks coming in here on Saturday night. These are teams the Rockets should beat. And the Rockets have been in the grinder for so long. They have had so many big games at Portland, at Utah, at Golden State. Denver on the second game of back-to-back, fourth of five games. What's going to happen when the pressure's off? And a lesser team might take it uh, for granted a little bit. They might revel in their own headlines. These Rockets are not. This is a much more mature team. We've said it all year long. But in some ways, a win like this against the Lakers... It's as encouraging as a close win against, well, I won't say, you know, it rivals the Warriors or Spurs win, but it's as impressive as the Rockets have had, aside from those, all year, because of the maturity it speaks of. Harden, 8 of 14. Beverly, 4 of 9. Ariza, 4 of 6. By the way, Ariza was moving much better tonight. I thought Monday, while he played well, you could certainly see him limited and grimacing a little bit with the back spasms we saw him suffer through. Friday night in Denver, Ariza looked much better tonight. I don't think that's going to be an issue going forward. Neither is the angle for Eric Gordon. But I thought tonight with the Rockets, yes, they made threes, almost 42%, but they also took the ball aggressively to the rim. Ariza's 4 of 6, handful of dunks. Clint Capella, 6 of 10. Uh, Sam Decker, 6 of 10, had a ton of putbacks. Actually, Decker was 0 of 3 from behind the arc, and he was 6, and se- six of 7 from inside it. That tells you the kind of game that Sam Decker had. Corey Brewer was 0 of 2 from 3, but he was 4 of 7 inside the arc. Nene was 3 of 4. Montrezl Harrell was 4 of 6. This was a game the Lakers, did. they don't have a lot of rim protection, even when they're healthy. And now you have a slightly undersized Julius Randle at the 4. You have Timothy Mozgov, who minus 19 was not much of a presence tonight. The Rockets knew they had an advantage against the Lakers, especially in the middle, and they took it hard in the paint, and they took advantage. And if you're taking the game for granted... Maybe you just take a lot of outside shots and think you can coast. The Rockets didn't do that. They were aggressive from the outset. They set the tone. They won the first quarter 43-27, to and it was never really a game after that. The Rockets made it clear from the outset that they were the better team. And as I've said before, when you play a team like the Outman Lakers, half the battle is in establishing yourself early and just promoting that sense of inevitability. Because I think that's what happened with the Lakers. What little resistance they had on the defensive end was completely gone after the first few minutes when the Rockets showed that, quite simply, they are a much better team. By the way, one thing I don't think I've given enough credit to other than individually, the assists tonight were staggering. Yes, I pointed out Beverly and Harden, 12 and 8 assists respectively. But the Rockets, as a team, had 35 assists on 51 made field goals. That is an 
incredibly lofty total. So props to them for that. I mentioned Sam Decker attacking the glass hard. 12 points, 8 rebounds, all inside the arc. That tells you how well he was playing, how hard he was playing, including 5 offensive rebounds. He also had 4 assists. Uh, Corey Brewer had 2 assists. Nene had 2 assists. Eric Gordon had a couple. Even the guys off the bench, they were moving the ball. It was moving from side to side. They knew the Lakers were an outman team defensively. They sensed that early on, and they put their foot on the gas and got this out of hand. Again, very easy victory for the Rockets tonight, 134-95. to Now, they're not all going to be this easy. Certainly, Friday night in Oklahoma City is going to be a much bigger challenge. But one great thing for the Rockets thus far, they have gotten a lot of the hard part of their schedule out of the way. Going into tonight, the Rockets were 14-7. and seven. They're now 15-7, and seven, of course. But going into tonight, they were 14-7 and seven with the second hardest schedule in the entire NBA. Spoiler alert, most of the NBA schedules, there's a regression to the mean. Now, there's going to be some slight differences, and especially from, you know, Western Conference teams to Eastern Conference teams. But by and large, there are not extreme differences other than that. You are going to see some regression. And so the Rockets have been a 14-7 and seven team despite playing a really tough schedule. So what's going to happen when they play easy teams? You know what? The Rockets showed the kind of maturity that you want to see from them tonight. And even if a game like Friday night in Oklahoma City goes the wrong way, certainly I think the Rockets, just as they were out for a little bit of revenge against the Lakers tonight, they're going to be out for similar revenge against the Thunder on uh, Friday. And you hope that sense can carry over on this plane flight to Oklahoma City. But regardless, the Rockets, especially over the next few weeks, have a ton of home games coming up. Uh, five of their next six, I believe. Is it five or six? Or no, it's four or five now. But um, four or five, and I think ten of the next fifteen, all at home. Uh, other than, I think they have a couple against the Spurs and Grizzlies, but they're going to be favorites in the vast majority of those games. So really, the Rockets have a lot of games not too dissimilar from the type of opponent they faced Wednesday night in the Lakers, and you just have to hope that they carry that same sense of maturity. But Thus far, I see nothing to indicate that they will not. As I said on Twitter during the game, at some point you have to readjust your expectations. And right now at 15-7, and seven, despite a top-five schedule, they're winning at a over a 68% clip. At some point, you do have to readjust your expectations and say, this isn't just a pretty good team. This is a really good team. One that isn't just competing for you know the playoffs or mid-tier playoff spot. But really, other than the Golden State Warriors, this is a team that looks really as good as anybody in the Western Conference. So it's a little too early to proclaim the level of the Spurs and Clippers, but you at least have to keep an open mind to it because we're not just in the first week or two. We are 22 games in, well over a quarter of the way into the season, and the Rockets, this train of momentum is showing no signs of stopping anytime soon. Now, I'm going to get to the second half of our show, which is slightly less positive, dealing with the Awkward uh, negotiations in the last couple of days with Donatus Yunus. We all know the story there. We've had a couple of podcasts on it. The Rockets did match the contract he got from the Brooklyn Nets. Thought it was as simple as he would report back to the Rockets and make them an even better and deeper team. Unfortunately, it hasn't really turned out that way because, well, he did not report to the team. Chose not to take physical. Apparently, there's a squabble with his agent, BJ Armstrong, and Demo not pleased over some incentives that... We're in the deal for Brooklyn that may not translate to his uh, contract with the Rockets. So it may be four years, $31 million, rather than four years, 37 That's the max that was initially reported. So there's some hard feelings there, and I'm going to get to it in just a few moments. 
with Calvin Watkins, Rockets beat writer with ESPN.com. He sat down with me before the game at Toyota Center to break down what he's heard on that front. He had the main story of today, which was the uh, the news that incentives were the news of the day. And that's big because yesterday no one knew what was going on. We wonder if there was some kind of grudge between Monty Yunus and the Rockets, that there was some kind of ulterior motive to get him out of this contract. And right now it doesn't make it any easier because certainly Monty Yunus is not with the team just yet, but at least it's not some extreme situation. There's no major acrimony. It's just a matter of a misunderstanding about the contract. One that even I think B.J. Armstrong has to acknowledge is not the responsibility of the Rockets. And so because there's not that acrimony, there's probably reasonable hope that a deal can get done. Anyway, I'll get to my conversation with Calvin, play that back in a few minutes. For now, just trying to wrap up the first half of the show, which is recap. Rockets, huge winners, 134-95 over the Lakers. They're now 15-7 and on the year. And really, enjoy the next couple of days. We don't know what's going to happen over the weekend. Big game Friday night in Oklahoma City. But for now, this is a very, very good basketball team. And Houston fans can put a smile on their face the next couple of days because the Rockets are showing them incredibly positive signs right now. We'll get to Calvin's interview momentarily. For now, though, I do want to acknowledge our excellent sponsors at BetDSI.com. They're responsible for bringing you today's show. Remember, if you love the NBA, if you want to get in on the action, and, well, the Rockets are 13-point favorites Wednesday night against the Lakers, and they covered that by a mile. If you bet at BetDSI.com, well, you probably won a lot of money. They've been in business for over 20 years. They're a top-rated business. They are very safe. They've also got great customer service. And above all else, they have very fast and easy payments for your winnings. Right now, BetDSI.com has a great MBA special. If you sign up today with the promo code ROCKETS10, you get $10 free to try their service. BetDSI is also offering a 100% bonus on your first deposit if you choose to continue wagering with them. Right now, they've got hundreds of football and basketball wagers to choose from, including live in-game wagering for all sorts of major sporting events. You can even get UFC odds. Whatever you want to bet, you can do so at BetDSI.com. And just remember, if you use that promo code ROCKETS10, you get a free $10 wager, and you can start winning today at BetDSI.com. So with that said, we've covered a good bit about the Rockets' huge win over the Lakers, 134-95. Right now, I'm going to play you guys my interview with Calvin Watkins of ESPN.com. He's the beat writer for the Rockets there. I talked with him before the game, wasn't able to chat with him after because, well, he's busy doing his recap, but there wasn't anything new on Donatus Money News after the game anyway. I think the next thing we'll really hear on Demo's front is potentially Thursday when the Rockets are eligible to put him back into restricted free agency if they so choose. I don't think it would be because they want rid of him. It would be putting him back so that they could potentially negotiate a new deal. Why would they do that? Well, stay tuned, listen to Calvin, and he will fill you in. Here's that interview. All right, it's pregame at Toyota Center here with Calvin Watkins, Rockets beat writer, ESPN.com. Calvin, what's up, buddy? What's up? You okay? Uh, I'm doing okay. Wondering how you're doing. You've had a busy couple of days of stories, but the uh, the, the big one of the day today, we all know that Donatus Moniunas is not with the Rockets, even though he has a contract. Figured that out on Tuesday, and today we found out a little bit more why he's not there, and it has to do with the incentives with the contract that he signed in Brooklyn that may not fully transfer to Houston. So, Calvin, tell us what you reported. Give us a little more insight on what's going on there. Well, the, the offer sheet that he signed with Brooklyn was worth $37 million. And then when the Rockets master, only the principal can carry over. 
doesn't principal doesn't carry over. Mm. So meaning that's like six million dollars less than what he's going to get in uh, Brooklyn. So that means all the incentives that he was going to get in Brooklyn he can't get with Houston because Houston matched the principal, which is thirty-one million dollars. Mm. Uh, so the so not showing up for that um, because if you look at his perspective, he's like, why should I take less yeah. to go to Houston when I'm leaving all this money on the table to stay with Brooklyn? Yeah, and I would imagine it's kind of complicated because I don't, I mean, I don't know 100%, but it doesn't seem like the Rockets can just add bonuses to a signed contract. You know yeah, what I mean? So if they, yeah, so if they want the contracts, they would have to redraw it altogether, right. which is doable. But the issue with this, I would imagine, is that there's not necessarily 100% trust on both sides right now. Is that fair to say? Uh, I think there is some trust. So they can work together. They can work together. Okay. Um, obviously, there's a, obviously, there's been some issues about yeah. how much total money Donatus wants. Yeah. So, so there are some issues Where were you there. And, but now that we have, I was told last night, now that we are at this point, Rockets feel like, oh, we have a ceiling here. Maybe it's 31, maybe it's 32 million dollars, maybe we can bring him in. Mm -hmm. So they feel like this might be a positive thing in terms of getting him in to a, a separate contract, get him a four-year deal, and beyond, we can move on with our lives. Yeah. But there's a caveat to this. Before he signed the offer sheet with Brooklyn, there was mm -hmm. another team involved. Yeah. So now that unnamed team could come into play yeah. with another offer sheet, and maybe we might have to do this all over again. Yeah. So the Rockets essentially have to gamble... You know, make sure, and and it sounds like, you know, it sounds like BJ has some understanding that, you know, it's not like the Rockets double crossed them. You know, it's an, it, you know, it's a kind of a misunderstanding about the offer sheet that he signed with yeah. Brooklyn. Yeah. I don't so, know. No one was trying to pull pull something. Yeah. On, on so the, the BJ. Yeah. It's like this is just how this is just this how the CBA is. goes. Yeah. yeah. And so, I think Brooklyn was trying to protect themselves by giving Donatus some incentives. Yeah. To say, hey, we believe in you, but. Because you yeah. have these back surgeries, this is why so, these incentives. Yeah, and so the issue that I would assume that all parties are kind of working through right now, it's like, yeah, you know, the Rockets will be open to negotiating a new deal, maybe with some of those bonuses, mm -hmm. but, it, you know, you have to make sure that you don't let them out, and then all of a sudden another team comes in with another offer, you right. know what I'm saying? So I would imagine that's the calculus for Gerald Worry. It's making sure, hey, you know, making sure that if I let you out, if we renegotiate, that it's not going to end up with him signing a bigger offer sheet somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of the dilemma here? That is the dilemma. Um, and then plus, I think the Rockets initially had offered him a multi-year deal, which is a two-year deal. Yeah. And, and now Brooklyn's offer sheet was four years. Yeah. As you know, the first two years yep. were basically guaranteed. And the last two years were not guaranteed. So saying all that, I think the Rockets are like, look, I don't know if we want to sign you long term just for the simple fact of it, your health issues. It sounds like a fair compromise, and you mentioned this in your story, <laughs> would be that the Rockets might give him that money but push back the date from, you know, right now to keep him for the full year, he would have to... Uh, it, you know, it, if you have him on your roster after March 1st, mm -hmm. the way the contract is drawn up now, he would be on the hook for your salary in 2017 and 2018. Whereas maybe the Rockets give him that money, but they could push back that date to the mm -hmm. summer so that they get a full season of him, you know, without the so full commitment. Like, yeah, yeah. So is that kind of a potential compromise that's in play? That might be a compromise, but, but you know, the agent might say, <laughs> look, we want our money now. Yeah, it know? makes it easier for the Rockets to get out of it, and that's right. not a great thing right. for us. Uh, but you have to compromise to make it work, and I think they can compromise just based on what I heard last night from 
Rockets officials, they are willing to make this work. And and BJ Armstrong, the agent for Donatus, is like, look, I have nothing against the Rockets. Yeah. I want this to work too. It's just a yeah. matter of just getting room and getting it done. Yeah. The key thing I took out of your story and some of the stuff that's come out today, yesterday it was all so sudden that you know they expected a report and he didn't. And initially during the day, there were reports of a lot of acrimony. And it sounds like now, now that we've kind of taken a little bit of a step back, letting this thing breathe a little bit, it seems like there is a way to make this work. You know, it seems like BJ, Daryl, everybody's still on decent terms. And so there is a way they've just got to that they've just got to figure out. And I guess the good thing for the Rockets, and this, you know, we'll close it out with this, it's even though there might be another team that's willing to offer, at the same time, the Rockets still have the leverage because they've got him on a signed contract right now. And he's restricted free agent either way. Yeah. And he can't go back to Brooklyn. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so at the end of the day, there's probably still a good chance the Rockets can make this work. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah, I think he'll be playing for the Rockets this season. It's probably taking a lot longer than we thought. Yeah. You know. And, um, and Thursday's the day he can become a restricted free agent, right? Right. right. That Thursday's the day they can pull the offer back. Yeah. But it sounds like, to me, this is just me guessing, and I know you'll probably guess some of this too, it sounds like if they did pull the offer, it's because they, you know, might be ready to negotiate another deal. Mm -hmm. Whereas if there are some uncertainty, it seems like it might be to the Rockets' advantage just to kind of let it play out the way it is. Mm -hmm. You know? Well, they, well, the Rockets could be mad and say, you know what, we're not going to do anything. <laughs> And but the offer sheet automatically expires March first. So if you deny this, I'm sure you're going. Do I want to wait till March before I can play? You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. So, so. I, I think at some point, I would think in the next week or so, mm -hmm. they'll they'll come to an agreement. I think. Yeah, and it sounds like you know a lot of ways it could go, but I think there's an easy way to you know compromise, potentially drop in your deal, and then. Uh, and, and then get it done. Maybe maybe the Rockets even get lucky and push back that date, maybe but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of luck is involved. Yep. Calvin Watkins, ESPN.com. Thank you so much, buddy. Thanks, man. Again, that was Calvin Watkins of ESPN.com. He didn't mention it, but you can also follow him on Twitter, at Calvin Watkins, if you're not already doing that. But he had some great intel on Demo, and really I feel a little bit more positive about the situation than I did just, <clears throat> just 24 hours or so ago. Because really, what's clear now is that it's not so much acrimony between the Rockets and B.J. Armstrong or Money Yunus. There is a little bit of a misunderstanding about the terms of the contract. Now, certainly that's not the Rockets' fault. That's B.J. Armstrong and Demo's fault. But at the same time, it makes it much easier to get a deal done going forward because there's not the disconnect between the two sides that it seemed like yesterday when Monty Yunus was a surprising no-show to Toyota Center for his scheduled physical. Again, we'll find out a little bit more about that on Thursday, which is the first opportunity the Rockets have to void the contract. Will they immediately send him back into a restricted free agency and negotiate a new deal? Or will this drag out for a few more days? We'll wait and see, but the good news, I don't think it's going to take that much longer. And again, thanks to Calvin for joining us and filling us in. Anyway, with that said, it's time to sign off. I'm Ben DuBose with Sports Talk 790. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben DuBose. You can also follow my work at the website, sports790.com. I strongly urge you to tune in tomorrow because I've got a column going live, a new one, interviews with Montrezl Harrell and Mike D'Antoni about Harrell's increasing role with the Rockets. He's not quite in the rotation just yet, but you can certainly see from tonight's game against the Lakers, D'Antoni is trying to get him in on a more regular basis. It's tough with three centers, but D'Antoni is certainly trying, seeing what he can do. And at the end of the day, it can only help the Rockets get through a long season if they can reduce the minutes and the workload for more members of this rotation. And if Monty Yunus gets in the fold, it's only going to get more challenging. But you know what? Having too many good problems, that's a you know, that's the kind of problem that coaches like to have. This is not what the Rockets faced this time a year ago. 
So with that said, that's a good place to leave off a happy place because, yes, the Rockets winners once again took care of business at home against the Lakers. They're now 15-7 and seven on the year. Things are about to get much more difficult at Oklahoma City Friday night. That's the source of probably their most frustrating loss of this entire year. So the Rockets will have an opportunity to avenge themselves. That could be easy, on the road, loud environment. Russell Westbrook playing at home on national TV. It's not going to be easy, but it is quite an opportunity for the Rockets, and I'm sure they relish the chance to uh, make up for what happened a few weeks ago when they basically went scoreless down the stretch of the game because that's a game they should have won, and it's certainly a game they can win as well. For now, I think they're plenty satisfied with being 15-7. and They've now won 9 of 11 since Pat Beverly returned, and I think they're in a very good place mentally going into that game. So for now, on that positive note, I will wrap up. Again, this is Locked on Rockets. You can also follow us on Twitter at Locked on Rockets, or you can email me at LockedOnRockets at gmail.com with any questions for me, suggestions for the show, or inquiries about becoming a potential sponsor, just as BetDSI was today. Remember, if you sign up today at BetDSI.com with the promo code ROCKETS10, you can get $10 free to try their service. So once again, very happy final from Toyota Center, ROCKETS15-7. and 7. Please tune in in the next couple of days as we get ready for this big Rockets-Thunder matchup on Friday night in Oklahoma City. For now, have a good night.